It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This is another Astros podcast. Well, I'm in the manager's office with A.J. Hinch. Steve Sparks here before the second game of the three-game series with the Angels. Tough one yesterday, but the pitching, once again, is just unbelievable right now. It is, and, and our starters are really setting the bar pretty high for themselves yeah. and for our team. They Another great outing for Cole. Really only burned in a couple innings where he had to manage the, the inning, but maybe a walk here or a hard hit there, a two-out magic by them, and, and, and he walks out with a 2 nothing loss, which is rare. You know, to hold this offensive down last night, and, you know, Skaggs did a good job, especially us coming off that White Sox series. But um, tonight's another night, a new challenge with Otani, but last night wasn't our night. I want to tell you something. I would look back through my scorebook, and I noticed only three times this year have you taken out one of your starters during an inning. So <laughs> one out of eight, basically, we're saying that guys are finishing innings. What does that tell you? Well, that tells me they're still making pitches at the end of their outings and, and how fortunate we are and how fortunate the bullpen is. They haven't had to inherit yeah. a lot of messes. So um, it's, it's, it's a great tribute to the work that the starters put in and my trust in, the, in that work. There's only been a couple times where um, I've been on the cusp of taking guys out. And, you know, that's obviously going to come and go. There's going to be times where, sure. where the matchup's a little bit better in the bullpen. But as strong as our pitching's been um, as a whole, the starters have really finished their innings with – uh, with great consistency, that's what it tells me. We don't get a chance to talk about your relievers uh, enough, and one member of this bullpen for the last few years has been Will Harris. What does he mean to you? He's the, the troubleshooter down there that I've turned probably more volatile innings over to him than maybe anybody, maybe he and Davinsky, but um, Will's a model of consistency. His first halves the last couple of years have been exceptional. That's why he's made an all-star team. Um, he has great competitive fire. He can make pitches. His ball doesn't doesn't stay straight. So the cut action is very tough on left-handed hitters. The curveball is like an old-school curveball that yeah. um, not a lot of guys have anymore. So I, he's a unique guy. He's durable. He's got a great mentality to be a reliever, and he's someone I trust. And you're facing Otani today, a big-time fastball. He throws in the upper 90s with a split-fingered fastball. As a former hitter, What's tough about picking up the split-fingered fastball? Uh, just the hand speed and the arm speed and, and the rotation of the ball is really hard to pick up. I don't know what kind of split. Some guys throw split fingers that pop up. Some guys throw split fingers that are a little bit more straight out of the hand. With so much velocity that he has, you don't have much time to pick up the spin yeah. of the ball. And so the whole idea of the split fingers to make it look like a fastball, and then it darts down and away or down and in at the last minute. So I imagine it's hard to catch. It's equally hard to hit. But you still got to hit off the fastball. The the discipline has to be the fastball has to be up a little bit. If it's down, we got to let it go. Whether it's a fastball or a split, if it's up, uh, we have a chance to do some damage. But it'll be a feeling out process early in the in the count. The first split that every guy see will be a, f- a first time for these guys. Yeah. Um, they'll try to pick up a cue or or some side of motion delivery or or the way if you can pick it up out of his hand. But it's. Um, it looks like a nasty pitch. AJ, you talk about guys getting off to good starts, hot starts in the first half or first month of a season, uh, whether it's a position player or a pitcher. Do you try to chart some of this stuff? And if a guy is notorious 
getting off to slow starts, try to change things up in spring training? A little bit. You know, we've it, it, most of it is about getting guys ready mentally and physically, and 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 not making you know April a burden to them. Like I've, I've had a conversation with George Springer before, who's like, before I'm out of this game, I want to have a good April. He's just never never gotten in, off on a hot start, and but then his Mays and his Junes and and certainly his months make up for it. So. I, you know, I try not to make it a mental hurdle for these guys. Some guys pile up hits early, and, and some guys have a hard time. Marvin Gonzalez is another guy who my time here who's had a hard time getting started, but at the end of the day, at the end of the season, his, his numbers are there. So it's a game of routine. We're, we're finally going to get into our routines, and we're going to get into good weather. We're going to get into some... Um, some strings of games here that we play, but it's not always easy getting off to a hot start. You mentioned George, and this is the last thing, AJ, is he's the DH today. I've noticed he's been DH more so in April this year than other years. Was there a conversation involved? A little bit. You know, I told him at the beginning of the year that I was going to default to some DH days for him, and he's a physical specimen. He can carry his physical demands the entire season, but he's someone that I'm always concerned about because he plays at that you know, 150 miles an hour. We saw last night he dives after that ball yeah. in right field. He's going to run into a few walls. He's going to get the most at-bats of anybody on the team because he's leading off. Yeah. He's going to play north of 150 games. So DH days are not off days, but they are a half a physical day for him where he doesn't have to do anything on the defensive side. So when I have a chance to slide one in there, maybe an off day here or there, we have an off day, a team off day coming up on Thursday. I'm just always cautious of his body. A.J. Hinch, thanks for uh, catching up, and uh, good luck tonight. You got it, Sparky. Here's the 0-2. Bounce it in there. It goes to the left of Maldonado. He throws to third and not in time to get Gurriel. Both runners advancing. Maldonado and Valbuena both pointing to the Angels' dugout. Want Mike Socia to take a look at this. Yeah, this is going to be an up, unhappy crowd when they see this replay on the huge scoreboard in right field. All right, headsets come off, and the call is out. Guriel thrown out trying to advance on a wild pitch, and that is the ball game. So the Angels take game one of this three-game set. Astros see their win streak end at six games. Angels win this one by a final of two to nothing. Robert Ford joined by Mike Socia, manager of the Angels, manager here since the 2000 season. And you came over, you managed AAA with the Dodgers in Albuquerque in 1999. That had been your managerial experience before coming over to the Angels. Did you have any idea in 2000 that we'd be sitting here in 2018, you're still managing the Angels? No, you, you never know. Uh, just talking to uh, my wife, Ann, we were talking about when I was hired, and you go, you know, this could be one and done. You never know. So this is back in 2000. So I commute from Westlake Village down to Anaheim, which is about, you know, 75 miles a day, uh, because we just didn't want to pack up and sell our house and move down to Orange County, and, you know, it didn't work out. And it's, we kind of chuckle now because it's going on, you know, 19 seasons, and, um, you know, I'm, uh, I'm still there. So... Um, uh, no, I did not think, you know, you know, I don't really know if you ever think you're going to get this opportunity, uh, and it doesn't seem that long, to be honest with you, but yeah. um, I, I appreciate the opportunity that uh, we've been given. Did you ever think about managing? Did you ever want to be a manager when, when you were when you were playing? No, I never thought about when I was playing. I had mm-hmm. enough on my plate trying to, you know, <laughs> trying to perform in the major leagues, um, but... Uh, and, you know, afterwards, I thought I wanted to stay in the game. I love the teaching component of the game. I love the catching position. Um, there's a lot of, of, of things that I, uh, I really enjoy. And then when I, I did manage an instructional league and then the fall league um, in 97, and um, 
and kind of said, you know, I might like to give this a shot if I get an opportunity. And then in, in 1999, managed AAA with the Dodgers in Albuquerque and then got the opportunity here in, uh, you know, with the Angels. You came up as a catcher, 1980 with the Dodgers. Your first game was against the Astros. Got a double, your first at bat off of Joe Necro and, and caught, I believe it was Rick Sutcliffe you caught in that, mm-hmm. in that first game. A lot of people, younger people forget Back 1980, 1981, that was a big rivalry between the, the Dodgers and the Astros. Huge rivalry. Astros had a terrific team. They were um, they were really built on uh, pitching, defense, and speed. They had a, you know, a, a great defensive club, um, guys that could run. They had a great pitching staff. They were a good team. We had some heated games and uh, came down to a playoff in 1980 where they mm-hmm. beat us uh, in Dodger Stadium and then 81 faced them in the first round of the playoffs and uh, beat Nolan Ryan on game five. You have some experience with something that the Astros are dealing with right now. As a player, you were with the Dodgers, 81 and 88, won the World Series, uh, and, of course, led the Angels to the championship in 2002, that year after the World Series. Uh, what are some challenges that teams face the year after they won it all? Well, there's always challenges. I think the thing that you're facing now is uh, playoffs are longer than they were. In, eight, in 81, we did have a three-tier playoff because right. of the strike and first-half winners. But, like, in you know, years that we won in 88 or even we got the playoffs in 85 and 83, um, you know, you, you had to win two levels and you're, you're champions. So playoffs are much more uh, stress, I think, on your pitching staff. Uh, guys have to pitch deeper, and if you have that ace, he's pitching in a seven-game series uh, three times, and um, and there's it's a lot to rebound from. I think the victory, the feel of victory, feels good for the first month, and then... Then you're ready for the next season as far as a regular uh, or, you know, as far as a regular player. So I don't really know if the hangover, you know, uh, is a real effect. But I do think there's a tangible effect on particularly the pitchers that have that had to pitch longer and had to perform at a high level if you're going to be a world champion. Got Shohei Otani pitching tonight, and of course he's been a sensation in baseball coming over from Japan, two-way player. A lot has been said, written about him before he even uh, played his first game in the United States. Getting a chance to watch him in spring training and now so far in the regular season. Is there anything about Otani that you didn't know that surprised you to this point? Well, when we first heard about uh, Shohei, probably going up two, three years ago, you heard Mm -hmm. about this kid in Japan that can light it up on the mound and great hitter in the batter's box um and you're kind of like yeah you know show me you know yeah. uh, you don't really know uh watching him firsthand you see the talent the talent's real he's certainly a force in the batter's box and when he's on the mound um you know he can shut down any good lineup his stuff is uh just uh premium stuff you're not going to find it on many pitchers uh you guys probably get a good look at some of it with, with like justin and garrett cole and guys like that that really uh can light it up but um uh, this guy's got a great arm. So I think that the first thing was, hey, the talent's real. You see him, yeah. you put him through drills, you see him in games, you see how hard he works, and you go, this, this guy's uh, for real. And um, he's done a great job for us so far, and he's going to continue to swing the bat, get an opportunity to swing the bat, and hopefully be part of what we hope is a uh, championship-caliber rotation. You played with and managed a lot of players. Is there, is there anybody that you saw that you think could possibly do what Otani's doing, uh, play both ways? No, uh, nobody that that um, that I've seen. Um, you know, for the most part, pitchers give up hitting as soon as they walk into the minor leagues. Right. But you look at a Madison Bumgarner. You look at a, a Rick Roden, who mm-hmm. actually did DH for the Yankees one game right. in uh, in 1988. Um, he was a, he was an elite hitter. Um, 
uh, Donnie Robinson, with uh, who who pitched and um, played with the Giants, was uh, he just a great hitter. So there are some guys I think could have done it along the lines. Nobody that I've um, that we've had here with the Angels um, and Shohei's the first one. Mike Sosha, manager of the Angels. Thanks so much for joining us. All right, my pleasure. Thank you. The Houston Astros Radio Network. Three one. And Springer drills this one pretty deep to left center field, and you can kiss that one goodbye. Robert Ford, Steve Sparks. This is big boy baseball. This is the Houston Astros Radio Network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.